Every week, Hillsdale College President Larry Arn joins Hugh Hewitt to discuss great books, great men, and great ideas. This is the Hillsdale Dialogues, presented by Hillsdale College. To find more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, and Ricochet. Morning, glory, America. Bonjour, hi, Canada. That music means that the Hillsdale Dialogue is underway. All things Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu, sponsor of this great conversation that's been going on for almost a decade between Dr. Larry Arn or one of his colleagues at Hillsdale College and me. And we're about to begin an experiment. Uh, you've heard me rave, rave about the ethics course available at hillsdale.edu. Now, they've got many fine courses. This was the first one that they filmed using a four-camera shoot and it's amazing production values, and we're going to try and adapt that for radio. So 10 out of the next 11 weeks, you're going to hear Dr. Arn teaching very smart people. And I wanted you to introduce in one segment, Dr. Arn, what happened that semester and why this course is so special. Uh, well, uh, The Ethics is one of the greatest books ever written, and in my opinion, it's the greatest secular manual for life ever written it's uh and it's it's sublime and here's why uh if somebody asks you a question like you just asked me what do you need to know and how do you need to be right well it's hard to answer that question because there's so much to say right and placing the things that this what you say in order so that understanding dawns that's a masterwork, and that's what Aristotle does in this book. Uh, uh, he starts out with the main point. Uh, every techne, that means art, uh, I'll use the Greek words, uh, every prohyresis, that means choice, uh, every uh, uh, methodos, that means inquiry, let's see, I'm forgetting the word, uh, uh, I can't remember the fourth but those four words describe every human voluntary action. And he says, each of those, all of those, aim for some good. And therefore, he says, it has been beautifully said that the good is that for which all things aim. There are those two words, good and beautiful. And beautiful in, in Greek philosophy is the perfection of good the highest form of good, the most complete good. And so, you know, right away, you're given your direction. You're given your goal. Let's find out what that is, and let's be that, right? And then the rest of book one is a series of interruptions. Because just like in this conversation, yep. it's not enough to say that. You have to stop and explain a whole bunch of other things before you can understand that and the next thing. And so many, there are 13 chapters in book one, and several of them, including several in a row, begin with the, some expression like, but to return to our inquiry. So, yes. so, so he's announcing it's a bunch of digressions. Well, there are digressions that you need in order to get it right. And, you know, one of the digressions is this book is not for young people. Uh, I, I re, you know, I read it with young people. Uh, uh, and they'll some say, "Well, why should we be reading this?" And I'll say, "Don't be so young. <laughs> 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 Time to mature." 
And, uh, and yeah, so there's a lot of things like, oh, you can't be over-precise. Uh, this is not uh, geometry. This is carpentry. And the angles matter, but not so finely, right? Because uh, moral and intellectual things are not known with the same precision as but you did this over an entire semester that ended up not having enough time, so they spent all weekend with you, and yet you condensed it into 10 episodes of 28 to 32 minutes each. And yeah. I'm and amazed by that. Well, you know, that, that was in one way artificial. Uh, that is to say, we spent a lot more time in that class taping than, sh- than is shown. Yes. Uh, and, you know, also... Those were all senior students who'd been through the course and many other great courses. And so they were very skilled hands. Show ponies, I believe you called them. That's what they are. Yeah, they're all, and you know, they're they're all still, you know, they're all grown up now. But uh, because we made this five or six years ago. I can't remember how long ago. Anyway, it's, uh, they're very proud of that. And they, and you know, they, they were keyed up. They were ready to go. And, uh, my, my only worry about this is that people will hear the first one and they'll run off and listen to all ten and they won't listen to us for the rest of the weeks. Yeah. Well, I recommend that. No. Uh, <laughs> no. 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 We want, it's yeah, a free no. course, though. People can get it for free. They just got to give them an email and then they can go get – you can binge watch it and not the latest season of Foil's War. Well, there's something – so I'll undo that harm slightly. Um there's something about listening that's better than television. Uh, oh, and, interesting. And, you know, we are vocal, oral people, A-U-R-A-L and O-R-A-L. And so if you, if you just hear it, uh, there's a different kind of focus and some important respects better focus. Uh, what, what the advantage of the televised or the film taped video course is is that you can see the people and their bodies are telling you things as well as you can see the lights go on in some cases that's really part of the magnet we're showing it on the salem news channel at the same time but to really watch it you got to watch it uninterrupted by commercial break because you can see the light go on yeah yeah it's uh and you know these uh these 10 28 minute classes uh, they are, and every class is different. I've taught the ethics at Hillsdale College probably 12 times. Every class is different. And you've taught it twice on this radio show. Yeah, that's right. And it's, you know, and I, I'm just, I, I just encourage people. It, it's, it's not an easy book. Great no, it books is not. are never easy. But it is worth it. And I think that, you know, to the student who's prepared to spend the time to read the book carefully and more than once, uh, the online course and these radio broadcasts are, are very good guides, right? Because you can sort of get, you know, from somebody who knows about it. And, you know, I know a fair amount about it. I've been reading it for since 1974. And I think I've read it every year since then. And wow. I... And I, you know, I adore the book. I've got two digital copies, and I've got two or three 
bound copies, and they're all marked up all over the place. And, uh, you know, and here's a thing that I find is useful. If you're going to really read a book, and, and remember, life is too short to read a lot of books that way. So you have to pick carefully. The Bible should be on your list. I argue that this book is second because it's the greatest manual for life outside the Bible. Uh, and and here's, here's something I do. I actually learned it from the way Winston Churchill uh, used to print his books. Uh, if you write down in the margin the meaning in, in a few words of each paragraph, uh, that's very handy uh, because then you're... You know, I you know I can name what each of the ten books of the ethics is about in in order, and I can name most of the chapters. This argument leads to this argument. You know, I sort of have built, not meaning to do a, a memory pyramid about it all, but but a great thing to do because because uh, you can just get lost, right? What is he saying? You know, and reduce it to words, a few, and that's what happens in class. You know. And that's, by the way, how you pass the bar exam, is that you outline every course, then you outline the outline, then you outline the outline of the outline, and then you have something you can commit to memory and then recognize what the question is about and then expand the pyramid. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it becomes an articulated whole. Articulate and whole are opposite words. Right? Articulate means break into parts. Uh, but an articulated whole, that, and see, that has to get inside you. Right. It's, it, it doesn't matter that I carry memory of all that stuff. Uh, that doesn't help you unless you do the work. Unless and you I, do. <laughs> and I can help you with the work. And we are going to tease you into doing the work by beginning with the first class of 10 on the ethics after the break. Again, you can download the Salem News Channel if you want to watch it, or you can go to hillsdale.edu and sign up, find it. Just say ethics course, hillsdale.edu to Mr. Google, and they will take you there, and Kyle will get your email, and they will give you access to it, and you can binge watch it. And Dr. Arn will be back after a few weeks, and we'll catch up on current events. But the ethics is your summer assignment, and you are going to love it, because I think anyone who is sentient will. Don't miss it. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. We're about to begin the great experiment. Hillsdale has been producing for years online courses. We've never shown one of those over the Salem News Channel before or the audio over the Hugh Hewitt Show, but we are going to do that right now. As I just discussed with Dr. Larry Arn, The Ethics is a magnificent book. And they did a four-camera shoot of a seminar that Dr. Arn led a couple of years ago. You can watch the whole ten installments over at hillsdale.edu. Look for The Ethics Course. Google them both. Or you can listen to the next 10 episodes of the Hugh Hewitt Show or download the Salem News Channel app and watch them now. This doctor on teaching. So give a listen. You'll begin to recognize the voices as we move forward. We've never tried it before, but we're going to do it now. Here's Dr. Larry Arn with the first episode of the 10-episode course on the ethics taught at Hillsdale to Hillsdale College students. Every student who's an admitted freshman at Hillsdale College, uh, we send them a copy of Aristotle's Ethics. That's a frightening thing to do. Everybody knows that Aristotle's a little complicated, right? I brought my toy Aristotle here this morning so you can see how friendly he is. Uh, the reason to do it is uh, we all have a common problem. Everybody has one problem. 
how do you live well? And we're in charge of that, we human beings, and our well-being, our happiness depends upon how we do that. And the Nicomachean Ethics is the first great book written about that subject, and in my belief, the best book ever written. Aristotle begins with a very dramatic statement in, in the first sentence of the Ethics. He says that every action and every choice and every inquiry and every thing we make, we seem to make for some good. So if you just start with this question, what's good and how do I be that? That's what the subject of ethics is about. So this is a class about ethics. What is that? The study of human character, what one ought to do. What do we mean by character? The recurrent habits of action that you follow through in your life. Does it mean habits? It's the, the steady state of... Uh, it's formed through habits. So you have the steady state through which you'll act in a particular way because of the kind of character you have. So that's something to mark down. Before we're done, we need to figure out what we mean by a steady state. And we need to figure out how you get one. Uh, I argue that ethics is the study of how best to live. You know what's, uh, you know what's going to dominate your careers insofar as the domination is in your power? Your character. It'll be overwhelmingly important. Credentials matter right at the beginning, but then a human being fully at work reveals itself and the good ones get promoted in any just situation. So it matters what you are, very much. Why is ethics important? Because we're trying to figure out how to be good. Good. Good's important. And uh, we're going to find out that's a really commanding word. It's a beautiful word. We're going to learn what the word beautiful means, too. Um, so ethics is ethics trying to figure out how to be good? No, it's becoming good. Being good, isn't it? Being good. Give me another definition of that word, Juan. Of ethics? Yeah. Uh, I would say develop, development of your character. Character. Big word, big word. Lots of disputes in America today about character, and we're not going to make any topical references except that one very vague illusion. But uh, character comes from a Greek word. You're the one who knows Greek. Do you know Greek? Uh, not exactly. <laughs> the Greek word caressing. Is it like a mark? Yeah, mark, etch, engrave, tattoo. You know, not paint on the surface, dig in, Right? Character is dug in, something deep in us. And I, uh, if we do our work well, everybody who watches this is going to know how you do that and what you're like if you do it well. It's what Stephen said down there. He said, uh, learning how to be good. And that is the whole question. We almost never ask that question today. So that was the first episode, the first part of what we're doing for the next 10 weeks on The Hugh Hewitt Show. Head over to hillsdale.edu to find the ethics course if you want to watch all 10 segments and binge watch. We'll come back and play a longer segment of Dr. Arn teaching the ethics to uh, 12 Hillsdale College students with a four-camera shoot when we come back. Welcome 
Welcome back. I'm Hugh here at the Hilltale. Dialogue is underway. The last radio hour of the week is always has been and always will be the Hillsdale Dialogue, but we're trying something different for this summer. All of the Hillsdale video courses are free. They're all available at hillsdale.edu. But we've never tried to adapt one for radio and the Salem News Channel, and we're doing that right now. You heard the first segment. You heard Dr. Arnold and I talk in the first segment about what we're doing. Now we're going to take you into segment two of the Hillsdale Dialogue about the ethics. Dr. Arnold is teaching 12 Hillsdale college students. It's The whole course is available over at hillsdale.edu, or you can Google Hillsdale Ethics Course, Video Course, and we'll take you there. It's absolutely free. All you need to do is give them your email and ask Ask for the ethics course. It's fabulous. It will change the way you understand everything, especially teachers. Go and watch. Let's take you back to Dr. Arn talking with the Hillsdale students about Aristotle's ethics. We introduce the young uh, to learning. The word education means lead forth. We leave off forth. And that means we introduce the young to education with an invitation for them to become whatever they want to be. But, you know, they could become ostriches, maybe, but they wouldn't be very good at that. And for a reason that we're going to study in this class. It's the reason ethics is a big subject. It is the first subject. And this is the first book ever written about it. And I will tell you, back in the Paleolithic era, when I was in graduate school, in the first class I had with a great man, he called this one of the greatest books ever written. So somebody read the first sentence. What does it say? Every art and every inquiry, and likewise every action and choice, seems to aim at some good. And hence it has been beautifully said that the good is that at which all things aim. Now, look at the nouns in that sentence. And aren't they interesting? They're all fundamental words. What does art mean? Technical knowledge. Yeah, yeah, a craft, something you make. So you said the word technical, and the Greek word is techne. That's making. It means, it it doesn't mean, like, in in the background, it's Raphael's School of Athens, right? That's fine art. That's high art. But it has in common with whoever made that glass right there that it was produced. It was made. It was designed and executed according to skill and with a purpose in mind. And the first claim is that every time we do that, we aim at some good. Isn't it interesting, that word good? We're going to have to figure out what that means. What's an inquiry? Just a question. It's uh, something more than a question, isn't it? The word is uh, methodos in Greek, and a method. In other words, undertake it, right? It's just, you know... Heck, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. And then you go on and bond your life. That's not an inquiry, right? <laughs> We're going to find out what ethics is. This is an inquiry. And also remember, we're going to encounter in book one, Aristotle saying, the reason this book is to be read is to become good. This is an urgent inquiry. And this inquiry, like every other, he says, aims at some good. Uh, action. What's that word? Kate. I don't actually know Greek. Yeah, praxis. You don't, who knows Greek? Somebody here was spouting Greek last night. Julia knows Greek. I, I know Greek, yeah. Yeah, so praxis, you know what that means? Yeah, it's like doing or... Yeah, we get practice, practical from it, practice. Uh, so 
every action we take, right? Every time we make something, every time we inquire about something, every time we act, and then the last is choice. What's choice? Picking between alternatives. That's right. And that word is prohiresis, and that's one of the most important words in the ethics. In fact, they're all very important words, but if you had to pick one of these words, that word is crucial because choice is at the center of the building of character. In this word, choice is found the basis of human freedom. Because it's not just that you're free to choose. It's also that your choices matter very much and they make you what you are. Human beings, we're going to discover, face obstacles. And the virtues are the good confrontation and tackling of those obstacles. And if you do that, it will change you and make you better. You can become awesome. Start today. And, and it's, so another thing is, this is the greatest self-help book ever written. So they all seem to aim at some good, and we're going to get a full definition of that word next time, but what, what does it mean provisionally right now? Well, I thought it was interesting that he qualifies it as some good and not at the good. So I guess he's introducing some ambiguity, saying, well, there might be more than one thing that is good, and we're going to try to find out maybe which it, one's better. Is a, a murder an action? Yes. Every murder aims at some good. That's the claim. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, do you think that's true? At a perceived good. So someone thinks that committing a murder will be good in the end. I think at least in the great majority of cases, at a real good. I'll tell you why. I, uh, there's a really great uh, television news report. Does that sound like an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> Something that's a contradiction in terms. It was uh, interviews in a Texas maximum security prison. And here were their claims. Almost all of the claims were, I didn't do it. I did it because, and what follows because is always some good. I needed money. This person harmed me or something dear to me. Then exculpatory factors. Uh, yeah, a lot of people did worse and didn't get as bad a sentence as I got. See, they were all talking about justice and the good. It's very rare. In fact, it's a sign of insanity. If somebody says, I killed him and I did it because I love to kill. Maybe people are moved by that, but they hardly ever say that. This says, unavoidably, you're aiming for something that you claim is good. Yeah, one. So I guess the distinction then is between aiming at something that's good and the action itself being good. Because perhaps we can say that the murder itself wasn't a good thing to do. Uh, if it, if it was a murder. Sure. But, you know, just if you just abstract from the murder, from the moral implication of it, somebody set a bomb with a purpose to kill Adolf Hitler. 
Right. Was that good? Mm-hmm. Or put it more directly, George Patton wanted nothing more than to get to Berlin first and personally shoot Adolf Hitler. That's what he thought he was made for. Would that be a murder? Yes. Yes? Yep. Shouldn't do that. He should. He should, yeah. Remember, all of these four kinds of actions which describe every voluntary human action have a moral cast. That is, the rightness or wrongness of them is in question. And do you see about this confusion that there's some good? Well, there are many goods. And we're going to find out they're arranged in a hierarchy, these many goods. And it's a little confusing to know which one to be pursuing. Now, if you think for a minute, what's going on in your mind? Minute by minute, day by day. What most, what's the big thing in most days? Aren't you trying to figure out what to do? Look, young and handsome. And so the joys of youth are available to you. Stay up all night, play or study. You can do it night after night. And then you start looking like a scene from The Walking Dead, <laughs> which is what finals are like around here. And, and, uh, but, but all that calls to you because it's good. And then, dang it, you need to read these books, right? And those are both good things. And one of them calls louder sometimes. But that doesn't mean that the relationship between the two things alters. And that's a choice. And the claim is, every time you make a choice, it places a mark on your soul. And it makes you what you are. And nobody makes them all perfect. Anybody who's determined to make them well every day, and having failed some that day, start again in the morning those people become good. And we'll find out, not only good, also happy. Which is what we all want to be more than anything else. And happy doesn't mean in this book we're going to get to it. It doesn't mean feel good about yourself and have a pleasant outlook on the day. It doesn't mean just lifting your face up to the sunshine and uh, seeing it warm when you're up here in Michigan and it's kind of cold. It, uh, it, those, are, those are pleasures, and uh, pleasures can be bad for you, or they can be good for you. Depends on your character. Okay, now, and hence, somebody read from there. And hence it has been beautifully said that the good is that at which all things aim. But a certain difference is apparent among ends. Okay, no, too far, Gil. Okay. Gil's very, Gil's very precocious. So, so he's ready to do the whole book right now. But think about that, that second clause. Seem to aim at some good. Beautifully said that the good is that at which all things aim. Those are different, aren't they? If good means, for a provisional explanation, we'll use the term good to mean a thing being fully what it is. Uh, that's a good glass. I don't think it's a great one, not to my taste anyway. But uh, it's, it's fine, it functions. If you drilled a hole in the bottom of it, it wouldn't be a good glass anymore. In Aristotle, the being of a thing is just what it is. Now, 
That makes it good, by the way. If it is that thing, it's good. If it's a soiled or broken or damaged one or distorted one, it's not a good one anymore. Uh, Juan made the very good point that he says that every action, thought, and everything, every voluntary thing we do seems to aim at some good, and then it has been beautifully said that every action aims at the good. Now, so just think of that, the contrast, right? There's a contrast between good and beautiful. And there's a contrast between some and the. And the implication is going to be that the goods are arranged in a hierarchy. So, somebody read on. But a certain difference is apparent among M's, since some are ways of being at work, while others are certain kinds of works produced over and above the being at work. Being at work. What does that mean? Why, why does he use that? This is, by the way, an idiosyncratic translation. I like it. Uh, and he uses being at work to emphasize the fact that Aristotle uses that word for being uh, in a kind of a technical way. And it means active, radiating, pulsing with its existence. Uh, Aristotle doesn't see that that is inert. That's busy being a glass right now. So that's why he uses that, one of the reasons why he uses that. So go ahead. And in those cases in which there are ends of any kind beyond the actions, the works produced are by nature better things than the activities. Okay, let's stop about that. But a certain difference is apparent among ends. What are ends? Purposes, right? It's a very important word in Aristotle, telos. We get telescope from it, something out distant that you can see, right? And ends are what you aim for. But you're after, right? Now read on. And since there are many actions and arts and kinds of knowledge, the ends also turn out to be many. Of medical knowledge, the end is health. Of shipbuilding skill, it is a boat. Of strategic art, it is victory. Of household management, it is wealth. But in as many such pursuits as are under some one capacity, in the way that bridle-making and all the other skills involved with implements pertaining to horses come under horsemanship, while this and every action pertaining to war come under strategic art, and in the same way other pursuits are under other capacities, in all of them the ends of all the master arts are more worthy of choice than are the ends of the pursuits that come under them. Okay, so let's uh, unpack that. So, somebody makes a bridle. Why do they do it? To ride the horse. Well, they want the bridle. Why do they want the bridle? To ride the horse. Bridle making, bridle, horsemanship. What's that good for? In the Greek world, cavalry. An urgent good, right? You need that. Or you can lose everything. And the ultimate thing, then, that this, light, that this chain of things aims for is victory. And victory is a different kind of thing than the others, because you always want it, and you're always diminished without it. Whereas, you know, uh, bridle making is often an annoyance, and you can certainly have too many bridles, but victory, you just need that thing. And he mentioned the medical art, right? And his aim is health. Health is like victory. You need that thing. Each of these things takes its dignity from the step above it and from all the steps above it. And that means the higher good that it serves, even a small beginning point thing, the greater the dignity it has. So we're going to find out that the things that can make you happy 
because that's the highest human good, according to Aristotle. It means to live beautifully, which is the high, beautiful is the highest form of the good. And that's a pagan thought, but it's not entirely different from the Christian thought of beatitude. See God, finally. And that would be seeing a complete and ultimate perfection. The person who put that argument together best is probably Thomas Aquinas, who wrote a long commentary on this book that's very worth reading. Okay, in the first sentence, all of our actions are directed at some good, and it's beautiful to say that all of them, taken together, aim at the good. And then it's introduced a hierarchy of the goods. And do you see how in that 20 lines or whatever it is, you start learning to look at the universe vertically. Things point up. And one of the things about reading this book is you have to learn to look up. C.S. Lewis liked to make the point that back in the day when we criticized everybody for being such fools, uh, they thought the earth was the center of the universe. And C.S. Lewis, a very learned man, points out in, in uh, one of his academic works, the discarded image is the title of the briefest version of that academic work. He points out that that's not what they thought in the ancient and the medieval world. They thought we were at the bottom of the universe. They thought we were standing down at the bottom, looking up at a great height. Skyscrapers, bottom of the Grand Canyon. And that, you know, that's not hubris, that's reverence. Thanks for listening to the Hillsdale Dialogues presented by Hillsdale College. For more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, or Ricochet. For more information about Hillsdale College, head to hillsdale.edu.